be encouraged. God is on the move, as he always is. You know, God is never not working things out for our benefit. Um, And I mean, I guess that's kind of, you know, things are already predetermined or predestined. But because he's so omniscient and he sees all forms of reality based off of our actions and decisions, um, God is still with us. I want you to hear that. I want you to receive it in your spirit. It's not about anything particular, this message. It's just about for you, wherever you are in your situation, in your state, not like a physical state within a nation, but in your emotional state or your mental state good, bad, or indifferent. I want to release an exhortation over you and let you know that you're not alone because his name, or at least one name that represents him this year is Yahweh Shammah, God who is there. And we've discussed this as well previously in praying the scripture from Psalm 23 to Passion Translation, that he is also Yahweh or Jehovah Rophe, that he is our shepherd, the Lord who is my shepherd. He cares for us so Understand that he is with us, he's fighting for us, he's fighting with us, and he does not leave us. That's in your state, wherever you are. Now, I want to further give you some insight about how this is a time El Gabor is standing up in your defense. Remember, now if you've been tracking with me, you're going to have to go back and listen to that. I'm not going to cover fully about what that looks like. But what's going on this year in 2021 is that a a nature, an aspect, a part of who Yahweh is, is El Gabor, the mighty one, the warrior. He is defending us. He is standing up as our great defense and, and we are safe in his pavilion. We're safe in his strong tower. So be encouraged, be in courage in whatever state you're in. You know, I think about the book of Joshua Now, we're not there fully yet, but some things are going to start looking like it looked in that book. And I want to go ahead of time and forewarn you and send a prophetic message ahead for you right now. So you are prepared how Yahweh told Joshua to be encouraged, to have courage, to put on courage, to be strong and courageous because there were some things that Joshua was going to face. And there were some things that looked so mighty and so impossible, but Yahweh dominates in impossibility, making it possible. So watch him work for you. Now, this is kind of a joined episode of prophetic perspectives and prophetic exhortation, more leaning towards prophetic exhortation, although what I just gave you was a lot of prophetic perspective, but we're going to go ahead and stick more with the exhortation because I want you to not only be encouraged, but I want you to get in position and go forward and be aligned and be positioned as a military army in the army of God on your post, on your wall, in right position. I can't say that enough. Let him seat you where you're supposed to be. Remember, Another aspect about this year is that God would be moving those who are going to allow him to move us. And that that's, you know, there's there's going to be movement. There's going to be seating. 
repositioning, reseeding. Chuck Pierce said a word. The word Chuck Pierce said reseeding. The word the Father gave me was seeding. So it's similar. And there's also going to be the placement within families, the placement within your tribe. So watch for these things. Now, when Israel escaped Egypt past chapter 14, a lot of things happened. That's what I want to talk about today. One thing that happened was they worshiped unabandonedly, uh, abandonedly, excuse me. They worship heartily. They did something brand new that had not yet been done. And everyone was involved. Everyone was engaged. But watch how Yahweh not only defended them, but he was their provider. Another name of God that's important for us this year is Yahweh Jireh, God who provides for us. Now, all that's released on the first of the three-part series of the insights, prophecies, and revelations that I provided for the year 2021 back in December of 2020. Journey with me to Exodus chapter 15. And they're worshiping, they're in love with God, but now they've reached a place beyond, okay, this is awesome, to a place of, hey, I have a need. They were in the wilderness. It's hot in the wilderness, figuratively and literally. And they begin to complain. Now, I'm not going to go into full detail and I won't bore you with all the details, but if we go back in Genesis, we see that the earth became cursed and subject to a curse because of Adam, Adam's decision. Now you fast forward to Exodus chapter 15, the water, which is a part of the earth, is now cursed because of man's complaining against God. I wonder if we would just get in joy, if we would just get in the fruit of the spirit, peace, if we would get into the spirit he's put in us, sound, judgment, power, and love, self-control, temperance, long-suffering, if we would get in these things, gentleness, kindness, meekness, how much around our spheres of influence, where we traveled, would respond to the dominion in which we're walking in. That's a word. In fact, a part of the prophecy in the three-part series that I released was get ready for the atmosphere to be cleansed and shifted as you set your feet to go forward and move in God. So, you know, those of you who are familiar with the story, the water became bitter at Mara because of their complaining. It was representative of the people's discontentment and grumbling about their situation. But God already had a solution. He already had a resolution. The solution and resolution were get in faith, get out of discontentment, Get out of grumbling and complaining. Get in joy and see beyond. Now, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago 
in the 31 days of wisdom, prudence. Prudence is a part of the spirit of wisdom. I release prudence over us right now in the name of Jesus because we're going to need to see and look forward to and rejoice and be wise in planning and conscientious and cautious. All those fall into the bracket of prudence for what's coming ahead for us. We're going to need the prudent ability for us to be successful and not be in drought or lack for where God's taken us in the future. So God spoke to Moses. Moses did what he did according to what God showed him and the water became potable or drinkable. God turned Mara bitter into water that was not sweet as in sugar to taste, but sweet as in I now can have something that I was longing for, that I needed something that was cursed because of me and a curse to me if I even ingested it. Now it's become a blessing and a benefit for me. That's a word of God. Let him turn those things that seem impossible. I'm trying to get you back in faith. I'm trying to get you off of a path of disorientation and discouragement and bending unwillingly and unknowingly to the spirit of fear, trepidation. Get off of that path and reorient yourself and get back in proper orientation. Let God seat you accordingly. Let him turn those things that are impossible, possible on your behalf as you get in faith, as you get in joy, as you get in peace, as you become one in and with his spirit. Now let's move on to chapter 16. I mean, this is good stuff. God didn't only provide them water when they needed water, but also wanted water. They were crying out. God provided them manna. He went a step ahead. He went a step ahead. Are you getting the language here? Provide. He is Yahweh Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord. He is God who provides. Many of us are wondering where our next meals, where our next finances, allocations, where our next shelter, where our next whatever is going to come from. But I want you to understand God delivered Israel out of Egypt. God had a plan to equip them with everything they needed. God sent them through the wilderness to test them so that what was in them not only could be brought out of them, but it couldn't be brought out of them if they didn't come face to face and were aware this is in me. And many of them failed to acknowledge and to confess and to profess, oh my goodness, this really is in me. So what did they do? They bucked back. They kicked back. They kicked against the prick. They complained and they grumbled and they grew weary and they forgot that he dominates in turning impossibility to possibilities. That's what caused them to tarry for additional uh, you know, we don't know how long at the time it was at that time, but I'll just go ahead and say a year. May not have been that long. It caused them to tarry additional time frame. Let's just go there. When they didn't have to travel that long, it was just a seven day journey. <laughs> Come on, people of God. A seven day journey took only a few who crossed over into the promised land. 40 years. I need you to hear this message because it's, it's pertinent. It's important. 
we're moving past an exhortation now into a clarion call. We have got to get out of what our eyes are limited to see, what we want, what we have called good, God, when it's not God at all, what we have called good and it's evil and it's not God or good at all. And we have to allow the father, you see, scripture tells us, and we've been doing this 31 days in the in uh, the book of Proverbs, and we're coming up on our 20th day, where the 20th day even goes on to say, I see and examine and know what's in the hearts of men. And we see in past uh, the past days in the 31 days of Proverbs that he tests the hearts and he judges and estimates what's in the heart. So let me encourage you, do not be moved by what you see and by what's going on. If something is causing an offense or a stumbling block in you, that is a wake up call for you to say, God, what are you trying to get out of me? I'm trying to help you, trying to help you. I am trying to cause you to be luminous and propel you to your next level. Because remember, the last uh, episode we did for prophetic exhortation was about the door. (laughs) It was about the father Bethel meeting us. There is an opening. We're running into our next whatever. God is picking and moving us up from our wherever to the next place, the next seat of glory, of provision, of whatever it is that we need. So watch him work on your behalf. Get out of the flesh and your will and your pride and what you want and what you've always known and the way things were back in Egypt and let him shepherd you in this wilderness time. He provides manna. He is going to provide for you. Now, chapter 16, he continues. He goes beyond the the bitter water. Now it's potable to drink. In chapter 15, he's moving to chapter 16. Now manna is being provided. Oh, now he's moving into giving them meat. Verse eight in chapter 16 says, Moses said, this will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread enough bread, this is the amplified version, to be fully satisfied because the Lord has heard your murmurings against him. For what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against God. Pause, because I want to bring out two things. The first is God's providing and God's going to provide. That's, That's the first thing. Be encouraged in that. But the second thing is what I just was exhorting us on, that God places conundrums in front of us. He places tests in front of us to test us, to see how we would respond. And not that he wants us to stumble and fall and fail, that he wants us to say, yes, God, this really is in me. And I didn't know it was there. Just like Jacob ran into Bethel and said, I had no idea this door, this gate, this portal was here. Oh my God. Now I talk about this, whether they're, they're different theories. And, you know, I, I think it could be a mixture of all of them or all of them. But a couple of theories that I go over in that episode, I talk about how the door probably had already been there 
and Jacob was just completely ignorant and unaware of it. Or God had just immediately put the door there to stop Jacob in his track, to get him, to cause him to be attentive and to enter into his next Regardless of what the answer is, either can work for our benefit or whatever extreme we're on, either one of those, let him wake you up and bring you to that place where you're ascending and descending and you're in a state of ecstasy, complete provision with him and you're in his pavilion and you come out transformed. Jacob was changed forever. When he ran into Bethel, when he ran into the portal of God, he saw that go into his house, enter into his house. Blessed are those who dwell in his house. Get the murmurings out of your spirit, out of your soul. Get the complaining and the grumbling out of your spirit and out of your soul. Let God dominate in the impossible. Let him dominate on your behalf. Let him fight for you and defend you even when you don't understand. And please do not desire to turn back to those things that God has closed doors on because there's always something better ahead for you. Whether if he said, I want this closed or he allowed it to be closed. Look forward with hope to the future. That is prudence. Hold on to prudence. Now, he did something else in chapter 16 after their exodus. We talked about this, or I I prophesied about this entire decade. This entire decade is, is about Shabbat. It's about Sabbath. You can hear that on January 1st, 2020. And again, on January 15th, 2020, and throughout the year, I go back and revisit a portions of that prophecy I released on January 1st. This entire decade is about Sabbath. God gives Moses the blueprint for Sabbath in Exodus chapter 12 while they're still in the tyrannical rule of the Pharaoh of that time. God causes the Israelites to come full circle of the commandment and revelation he'd given Moses in Exodus 12, now in Exodus chapter 16, where he's causing them and calling them, remember Sabbath, a solemn rest, a holy day, and keep it holy, keeping yourselves aside and set apart for this day. And then he continued to give them blueprints and understanding about how they were supposed to act and what they were supposed to do. Now, we have to get rest. I, I get my, my heart is so heavy for many people with whom I'm connected and with many people with whom I'm aligned because they're not getting it. And it's not my job to convince anybody that's Holy Spirit. So all I could pray is pour out a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they become illuminated. That's all I can pray and continue to do my job of putting the word out, which is what I'm doing right now. So many of us want to rush into battle and we just did, we, we just heard a verse from the book of Proverbs concerning this. So many of us want to ready ourselves and gear ourselves to battle. But my question is, did God call you to fight that battle? Because when you continue to read that specific verse in Proverbs, it says you can ready yourself for battle, but it is ultimately the Lord's victory. 
what the proverb is saying is that God calls, causes, equips, and brings victory when he appoints war. That's a word. Now, I have an episode. It, that episode actually might be the, the second, but I might be getting them backwards, so please forgive me, but they're both out there. I do an episode specifically on that about warring and also resting and about peace and joy in war and about understanding that you God did not ordain anybody to be on the battlefield 24/7 365 that that's not living that's not living people and we serve a God who is alive active living and he wants us to live please hear that word and one way that we renew our strength we renew ourselves one way that we live we war from a renewed place is adhering to and understanding Sabbath, observing Sabbath. Hear that and observe Sabbath. So then we move on to chapter 17. And the people of God are still complaining, but now, even though Moses is saying to them, your murmurings and your groanings, you think they're against Moses and me, Aaron and me, but you're doing it against God. One thing, my favorite thing about David, and I, I mention this often, whenever David messed up, David said, Father, it is to you I've committed this iniquity. Now, David's mess ups affected everybody. You know the story. It affected the nation of Israel at one point. It affected a wife and her husband. It affected his bloodline. His, that, that's what iniquity is. It goes that deep into the generations. It causes others to be brought into your gross acts. All of us. That's what iniquity is. But David always understood when he confessed and acknowledged his wrongs. It is to you, Father, I have done this iniquity. That's what Jesus says when Jesus is saying, At the, to the least of these, you've done it to me. You have to understand, now I'm not talking about any specific leader, so please let's not make this about anything. But anything that God is either allowing or God has erected, has fully ordained in his preordained, and we try to get God to do and be what we want him to do and be. And that's not the way things work. Jacob found that very difficult. That's called finessing God. So we get to chapter 17 where the Israelites are now complaining yet again. We just saw this. <laughs> they're back here again and they're complaining. And Moses strikes the rock. This time righteously. And Moses names the place contention because they were being tested, which was also named test. In verse seven, let me read this to you, says out of the Passion, uh, sorry, Amplified Bible, Exodus 17. He, Moses, named the place where this miracle occurred, Massa or Massa, which means test, in Meribah, contention, 
because of the quarreling of the sons of Israel and because they tested the patience of the Lord, saying, is the Lord amongst us or not? Ouch. That's rough. You see, we think we're doing this to men. We think we're doing this to inanimate things or to invisible things. But do you remember in John's epistle, John the Beloved, John the Revelator, John says, how can you love an invisible God and you don't love the neighbors who you see? So when the Israelites were complaining about why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our seed here? Why did you do that, Moses? What was really happening was, God, why did you cause Moses to deliver us? Why did you deliver us only to bring us back to a place that's worse than where we just left? Is that ringing any bells with anybody about anything in your life? And Moses prophetically understood he needed to name that situation, that event, test in contention because there was contention. Now, um, I don't have time to discuss this fully, but where there's contention, there's witchcraft. There was so much of that practiced amongst the Israelites. And that's what God wanted out of their hearts. Well, rightfully so, because they had just left Egypt, which was full of witchcraft and sorcery. He wanted it out of them. And they were being tested and they didn't recognize it. So they continued to complain. So I'm going to stop there because I want you to understand that God is fighting for you and God is with you and God is on your side and God wants, still wants, as he always has wanted the best. And just as he begun and started that work, he is so purpose and apropos to complete and finish the thing he has wanted to perfect in all of us, in nations and in the world. So trust him, believe in him, get a revelation. Ask the father, What's in me that needs to come out of me? Ask yourself, is my heart or my thoughts right? In this moment, in this time, ask the Father to seat you into divine alignment so that you can see the fullness of time and what he's doing and understand his plans. And if you don't do anything, I highly encourage you to get in joy to trust the Father, and to measure yourself to the plumb line of Yeshua daily, asking him to transform you into his likeness. And I guarantee you, watch the fruits of Holy Spirit, not just grow, but build and produce harvest fields in you so that you can go out and have complete dominion and dominate cleansing atmospheres, purifying territories, and bringing healing and deliverance and miracle working power from Holy Spirit to the world that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost all love. I pray you are blessed. I pray you are edified. I pray you are encouraged. Thank you again for listening. 